You're listening to Not Another Origin Story, the comic book movie podcast. I'm your host, Pogues, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ben Chapman. Pogues, it's uh, it's fantastic to be here. Uh, I'm excited to show up, and uh, and <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to kill some some jokes. I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a joke butcher. My family was let down by jokes, so I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna bring. Um, I'm gonna bring. I'm just. I'm gonna see. I'm gonna be like kind of like a core or like a like a. Well, see. I'm gonna do this thing where I'm like. Hah! Did you, did you just die? Hey, folks. It's me. It's uh, Ben, the bit butcher. I've come to slay that bit because it was bad and ill thought out. So uh, we're just gonna go ahead and move on, and I'll deal with this corpse later. All right. Sounds fair. All right. I feel Excellent. Like, I feel like if you kill one more bit, you're already more successful than the god killer in Thor Love and Thunder. Yeah, that's sort of like the theme of the MCU. It's the multiverse, but there's two. It's the god butcher, but there's one. He kills one in self-defense. It's not really like a great... They don't really do a lot with that character. In all fairness, we hear about others he's killed off screen. Yeah, which is... That's what you really want in a visual medium yeah. is to be told, not shown. That's damn, I think that's the the thing they always tell you when making a movie, right? Yes, Just tell people not show. Them. It's like in that X Men movie when Magneto like moved a coin once at the beginning of the movie, and then the rest of the time everyone comes in a room and be like, "Did you see Magneto throw all those bullets around? That was awesome. <laughs> I thought that was so cool. He's here, but he won't do it here. Yeah, he, just, he you, did it in the you other should room. Have seen it. He did this. It thing. was insane. He he took he got the entire bridge of like San Francisco and fucking bent that shit madness anyway what are we doing here on the i really though in, in i think that would have made x3 better we not had to see that scene <laughs> yeah if some if guy we, had we just been talking to... about it while having a beer uh yeah so, I, I, so we watched i, I do and Thunder. It, it, Bo, can we go ahead and write a script called off screen in yes. which every scene in the movie is someone talking about the plots unfolding just outside the room. Yeah. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be very low budget. It'd be really easy to make. So easy. We should get with Mike Hayes on this. This could be his yeah, next so. film. Uh, yeah, so we watched Thor Love and Thunder uh, streaming on Disney+. Plus. If you haven't seen it, you can watch it uh, and come back and listen to this podcast. Or if you watched it, hopefully you won't be angry with what I assume is going to be a not-rave review from either me or Ben. Well, yeah, let me ask you, I mean, maybe this is better to save for the end, but I, I heard a few people lay out this this sort of, um, these sort of extremes. Uh, someone referred to it as not the best nor worst MCU movie, and also not the best nor worst Thor movie. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. That feels accurate, yeah, yeah. I think so. <laughs> uh, this was, uh, if you listen to our Thor Ragnarok episode... Uh, my main complaint of that episode was amplified about 100 times into this movie, which is this movie cannot pick if it wants to be a comedy or wants to tell an interesting, serious story. Which is insane and, because... And what's weird is it accomplishes, in my opinion, neither of them. Because not, it's not yeah, particularly that's... funny, and they never really develop an interesting story. And it, it is crazy because 
the God Butcher storyline is really great. The Mighty Thor with uh, Jane Foster being sick and wielding Mjolnir to keep her alive. And all like really interesting stories that I would have liked to have seen actually developed instead of being in the background of a joke about how goats bleep. That's, that's a recurring joke, is that goats make that yelling noise from that YouTube video. Post, that's that's a recurring joke, is a fucking clip from YouTube from 2004. I was going to say, in his defense, this movie came out in 2010. Let me just check my notes here. Oh no! Yeah, it was... It was. I wild. thought this movie released on Vine. I'm, <laughs> I'm so surprised. What's I, going I, on? I could not believe when they kept going back to the goat yelling... It's well, because I was just like, oh my god, this is insane. Like, What's super odd is that it spoke similar to a bit that has been done in Marvel before and is is is, is the, the, the goat bit. And also appears in um, the Guardians of the Galaxy game, which is really good, in which like they are awarded this sort of like llama creature that just keeps chewing all the wires and like pissing off Rocket. And like, but that is like in the background of the majority of the game. It's just a bit that you hear characters yell about in between missions when you're walking around the ship. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's not It's not literally screaming and also the punchline to a scene. <laughs> it's It's frustrating that this kind of um, well, the weak thing humor of Yeah, the thing that got me too goes. was just like, I don't know, it felt like they were like, isn't this clever? Because in Norse mythology, Thor has two goats. And it's like, yeah, but we've already established... That this Thor is the Thor from Norse mythology. That people just thought he was a god, whatever stupid answer they came up with in that first Thor movie, which made no sense. So wouldn't he have had the fucking goats? Because if we, everything else about his life is is similar to the, th- the Thor we know from Norse mythology, except for he's blonde instead of redheaded. Um, and he's not really like a drunkard. He's just obnoxious. Uh, but it was just sort of weird because like I got like the reference of putting... Uh, can't think of their names it's grinder and something which is like a weird snarler i think um but like i i get that but i just didn't understand tooth gnasher and tooth grinder okay there you go um but to like put them in and to make it be like a a bit that they keep screaming i was just like you gotta be like this is not funny and like the i when the movie starts uh, well, yeah. Let's start. Or, let's start from the beginning because who, is, a, who is, a, is played by uh, Christian Bale? No. I, oh, sorry. I was talking about the yeah. You. Oh, sorry. I mean, sorry. Cord I, and Gore I sound this similar. Movie. It's I, a problem. Yes, I watched this movie <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. So yeah, it does start with uh, what's his name's origin story, doesn't it? Gore's. Yes. Yeah. The movie. The movie opens on. Uh, so let's. I, I want to talk about this real quick too because I, I had seen some criticism of people that disliked the way they had taken. Uh, the the gore from comics uh, in and brought him into the film franchise. I mean, he's he's obviously like more inhuman, you know. He's got a more of like a he, he looks uh, like an alien. He he looks like yeah. he's, he's an alien race. He lives on a planet. He's like he's like he's like he's like an amplified Twi'lek. Uh, yeah, if we were to sort put of. It in sci-fi like terms. no no. He's like a Voldemort and yeah, a Voldemort. Twi- yeah 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 exactly. Something I you can read about in my fan fiction. But, yeah. Um, uh, uh, but I, 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 I mean, obviously, wars. what? I mean, obviously, you've got to. Uh, I'm not mad about that. I, I think bringing it in more of a kind of just like the, uh, what we call the Star Trek alien, which yeah. is like a human with a little bit of crap on your face. Yeah, <laughs> and I, 
it's fine if they were like we didn't want to put him in a prosthetic or it's kind of a weird look and in the comics he's like it's like sort of one of those things where um, not everything translates visually yeah, like, like if you think of like batman the animated series it's always great when they show batman and you can't see that like his face is visible it's really hard to do that in a movie without it looking right. weird in like a comic book it's perfectly to be like yeah of course he's a walking silhouette with eyes i don't why wouldn't he be and in the comic they obscure gore's alien features a lot because he has like a cloak that's made out of the stuff that he uses um that comes from the necro sword uh yeah and so having him just be normal that that didn't bother me because i was like well maybe they got christian bale and he was like i don't want to be in makeup for 12 hours to play this character or i don't want to be cgi and they were like fool that's cool we'll just because him being like that alien doesn't doesn't really matter all that matters is that he's from another planet you know what i mean right but you yeah what he looks like what he looks like really has nothing to do with who he is as a character they just made him look like an alien that opening had my hopes up high because i don't know what your thoughts are on it i'm sure we'll hear them because that's the point of the podcast but um (laughs) my my initial reaction to the intro was that i I, I genuinely enjoyed it. And obviously in the comics, I think he's with more of a tribe and he genuinely like speaks out against like the, the gods and has like more of a monologue. Well, there's like a, him there, for. There, well, there's a longer story in the sure. comics in which he's like a kid and he's talking about how they're dying, but his mother still leaves. We don't have time gods. for that. And then so... she gets killed by an animal and then he grows up and he has a wife and child and they die because this planet is, and like the thing that, the comics obviously do better because they spend more time on the story is they say and they can the, spend more time on, on it. well no they could have they just had to cut out the, like the 35 minutes which is like a bit of thor being with the guardians of the galaxy which takes so long and is not funny and really has nothing to do with the rest of the movie that is um, true if they remove that but in the comics the idea is that his gods refuse to answer the prayers of the supplicant like these people pray to their gods and their gods don't care they live in like a paradise, but they will not help the people who pray to them. And in the comics, what happens is the gods like are fighting each other and land on the planet, and he they're they're wounded, and he gets the necro sword and he kills both of them. And then he blames the gods because his family died, and so he's like, you know, you took everything from me, and he goes and kills the gods of his planet, and those are the first gods he kills. And then he realizes that he thinks the world, would, the universe would be better if there was no gods. And so it's a very interesting story of like, you know, they kind of weigh in on if gods are real like they are in the Marvel Universe. How do we accept that like terrible things happen? Why don't they stop them? And it's like a very interesting storyline. And the comic series, I think, is like, I think it's an amazing series with amazing art. I thought the changes they made in his story were fine. But I thought like the moment where he meets the god and the god had just killed somebody and... I, I don't know. I just thought that was really dumb because I was like, "How did he get there?" They never really explained how he ended up in the like the realm of this god, which was horrible CGI. They were like making him. Sh- I don't know. He looked plastic, didn't you think? Like something just looked weird about him. I mean, perhaps the CGI was a little flimsy. I I was enraptured by this sequence. I thought it was really interesting. I mean, the the, the vibe that it, that it brought to me was uh, akin to like the description of, like, Greek myth where, you know, a, 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 a character of immense, like, you know, tragedy stumbles uh, by some coincidence because, you know, the fable needs the character to be there, you know, into this, into this like, serene paradise and, and encounters with God and, and pleads with them and then takes up a sword. I mean, it just, it feels like... 
um, a variation that I that I found very interesting. Uh, I kind of forgot almost about the the original comic in this sequence, and I was sort of focused on uh, Christian Bale's performance, which I think only succeeds here and almost like never again in the movie. You know what I mean? Like he, uh, when yes. he's when he's this like pained father, and he's like he he, he his I think I think. Christian Bale, the actor, is given a character he can latch on to here. A man who swore himself to a god, losing everything he's loved, and then stumbling upon said god who rejects him without a moment's thought. Kicks him off like shit off his boot. And he, you know, rises up the energy and passion in his soul to, like, do something about it. That was, like, Christian Bale working. And then they put him in, like, and then he's like, okay, what do I do after that? And they go, oh, I guess he'll just be sort of pale white, wander around and the cgi shadow goblins will do the work for you from here on out and it's just like oh all right (laughs) well he he did something which i am not a fan of which is in a lot of comic book movies which is the idea that like uh and, and i feel like this could be a symptom of heath ledger's joker which was played really well which is like the idea that like mentally unstable people have like you know hair reactions to this thing sometimes they get really mad out of nowhere sometimes they get really quiet you know what i mean and heath ledger does it really well as the joker but it feels like other people try to emulate that and it's just become this really lazy thing where it's like i'm gonna talk normal and then be weird and loud you know and it's like that doesn't work all the time like it, it, you have to be a specific actor playing a specific character and his weird delivery throughout this movie it does not work because it Again, the same problem I had with Ragnarok. At no point do I care at all what is happening with Gore or feel like there's any stakes to anything he's doing. I don't care. I know how the movie's going to end. And I'm just waiting for it to end. You know what I mean? Like, there's no tension. There's no... I don't no, care. Yeah. And so when he's doing, like, these goofy bits, I'm like, this this guy is not scary. That's that's certainly the script's fault uh, in a huge... In, in, a, in, a, in a pretty large way. I think the problem is kind of what I was describing in that... Bale is, you know, a, a, an authentic actor. You know what I mean? Like, he, he's a method guy. He takes on um, really heady roles. They call him, like, a chameleon because he, like, disappears into parts. And I think, honestly, this character had nothing to latch on to. The beginning does because there's emotion, there's loss. There's, you know, I mean, what's better than a character losing something and then literally having a conversation in, with, with the god that didn't help them? Like, it's, like, a great sequence. Um, and then it's just... Nothing. It's just well, he becomes, all right, all right, he Bale, becomes you're, one-dimensional. He's yeah, he's you're, the you're, bad you're, guy. You're an unhinged bad guy who's mad at God. It, and it's, so it's when like you, imagine Infinity Wars if they just took away Thanos' motivation. Right. He's just a boring villain who wants to kill half the universe for no reason. And you're like, yeah. well, this is dumb. Thanos works because he, the character Thanos, sees himself as the hero of the story. Well, he also that, from his perspective why his plan makes sense to him. At no point are you like, you're like, this is a really dumb plan. And within like 10 years, the universe is going to be back to where it is now. But you're like, I at least understand his logic. It's not good logic, but I understand what he thinks he's doing. And this movie, his gods are dicks and he kills them. But they don't really explain anything like what that sword was. They, they, they keep referring to it as if we're supposed to care what it is. And you would only care if you were a Marvel fan. Um... And then when he appears later, he's just this very generic bad guy who we are then told what his plan is, which is he wants to get to the center of the universe to meet it, to reach eternity, which is like a great, you know, deep pull from Marvel, like 70s comics. 
and he gets a wish which i don't understand why that's a thing but and his wish is going to be that there's no more gods and it's like oh but like why that's... does he hate all of the gods like you never really and, and by the way that's kind of i mean i know this is this case for like you could make this case for most marvel villains mcu villains that's kind of just thanos again yeah kind of yeah, that I mean, was, this wish is just kind of like some stones, right? Isn't it? Like, isn't it just kind of that? And that's what I was kind of <laughs> disappointed in. Because, like, there, there's so many cool things. And then, again, another disappointing thing is he goes to, like, the the land where there's supposed to be all the gods. And they're all, like, they don't introduce most of them. And then their big thing is they introduce Thor and he's a douche. Or Zeus and he's a douche. And that's it. And I was like, you guys had every deity to work with. And you choose to do a bit is that the gods are horny and want to have an orgy. It's, like, it's that's, the multiverse. Bl- yeah. And I was like, this it, is so disappointing. It's the multiverse problem once again, where it's like you had the, the, the you had the setup of of unlimited possibility, and you executed very little of it. Um, because not only do you have the opportunity to introduce gods to connect some Marvel movies and lore here, but you also have potentially the chance. To play with some multiverse stuff, kind of. Well, or, but I mean, like, the, but, there's but, tons of gods that exist in Marvel comics. It's not just the Greek and, you know, I mean, like Hercules is a is an Avenger in the comics. He, he's a, a character right. that exists. Other Greek gods and stuff have appeared. There's like a weird uh, religious thing in Marvel comics where like all gods are real, but there's like one core god that was introduced like in Fantastic Four, which is like the Christian god. And it's very yeah, weird. There's, like, there's the what, 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 what are the fathers? Stuff. There's like the, the, the there's like the, the the like the sky fathers or some shit like that, where it's like a bunch of gods that look like the various like cultures of the world. There's like a Native American one, if I remember. I, I, it's a, yeah. There's a lot of those those incidents in, um, in Marvel, and and there's so many deep holes, and there was it felt like watching the Lego Movie when they got there. You know what I mean? Like it just, yeah, except for. A much better version of a funny bit where there's just a bunch of weird Lego people around having a conversation because that was written by people who knew what jokes were. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, it, it, it's it, it's really bizarre. But I mean, we we kind of jumped around here, but but um, coming off of the gore introduction, were I think introduced in to my my my, my um, perspectives this movie's first mistake, which is of many, which is we're gonna have Korg kind of narrate and provide the perspective for act one and then not uh, after that i guess well and then he'll wrap the movie up at the end yeah right just 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 a little bit beginning that they decided to be like hey remember that big character that we all thought was funny what if he was like the narrator now and you're just like oh a little korg goes a long way and this is too much and i I, think that is a pretty good universal opinion, which is a fuck up because yeah, like coming out of Ragnarok, he was an enjoyed experience and his little bit appearance in, you know, um, infinity, uh, infinity war, yeah. you know, or, it, or end game. I mean, was and I do want to, I do want to preface real quick. I have no problem with, uh, Taika Waititi. I, I, I think he's really funny and other stuff. Yeah. I really love oh, for sure. our, our flags mean death. I think he can nail, comedy and serious i I think that show proved that i mean look at jojo rabbit you know yeah i I think he's a a hitler youth child that you fall in love with that he can definitely do it i think he's very funny and he can nail a good balance but for some reason when he makes these movies 
I don't know if it's because like he doesn't have full control or he's just given like an insane budget. So he's like, I can do all the crazy shit I want, but they just don't land because I find him to be very funny in general. I think things he writes are funny. I think he's a funny person, but like this movie, so many jokes just fall flat. And so many, maybe this is just me, but like a lot of Valkyrie's scenes felt like, she was like, I'm giving you one take. I don't want to, I don't really want to be here, but I signed a contract. She seems like so disinterested in, in times. And like, she's just dressed like I assume, I, I can't think of the actress's name right now for some reason. Uh, Tessa Thompson? Yes. I, like, some sometimes they show her and I'm like, I think she just came to set like that. Like, they didn't even bother to put her into a costume. Like, it just felt like she was like, I'll be there, but... I really don't want to do any like he- like she's just played as like a bit character as like a joke too and i guess that was part of my problem is like everybody is sort of just played for bits which isn't yeah particularly we- fun they all have a pretty one-dimensional um di- uh, 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 most characters outside of thor and jane foster are given nothing in terms of dimensionality to work with like tess thompson's just there to be like wisecracking sidekick and again who has like a if, drinking problem like if, that, if that was like the only bit she got was that she if that was if that was just her role that would be okay in a in a, in a more successful movie but but it's it's labored by the fact that again she has no good jokes to deliver well, i mean what is other... the sequence where she's like this is a grenade no it's a speaker like what what even what are we doing what was yeah. that? Well, like, uh, yeah, there's that. There's the bit where they're, like, pulling everything off of the, like, the little ship they have. And they're like, leave only the essentials. And that guy's got a cake. She's like, yeah, that's essential. And it's like, oh, okay. I mean, that's not really a joke. You know what I mean? Like, being like, oh, she wants alcohol. That's not a joke. That's just, you know what I mean? Like, that's the lowest, easiest, crappiest joke you can write. Is to be like, oh, my God, the Vikings would want there to be alcohol. You know what I mean? Like, it's just so lazy. And that's what a lot of the jokes felt like, whereas they were just like lowest common denominator jokes or just, I, I don't and, know. Uh, there was, was just and disappointing. There, there were some moments where I thought, again, kind of like with, 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 with Gore, that we were on a good track. Because when we introduced to her, um, you know, her first like kind of meaty scene is when uh, Gore attacks uh, New Asgard and, and she sort of... It's jumping. Like, I liked when she was just in, like, whatever attire she was sleeping in and trying to, like, or- organize the parents. And it-, it felt like, oh, yeah, Thor would have made a bad leader, right? Because he's not, he couldn't really do this. He would have gotten bored. And she's maybe not quite suited for it, but she's stepping up to the role. It's interesting. And then, yeah, that just, that just turns into, like, farts and beer. Like, that becomes, like, the rest of her character for this yeah. entire movie. She gets one sequence where Gore, like, brings up that the other valkyries died and she couldn't help them and then she's just sort of ejected from the movie yeah and there's like uh, there's like a couple of moments like that in this where so like the story of this movie is there's a guy whose child died so you assume he had a wife they never really bring her up but you know i assume he had a wife unless his species the men give birth to children she dies and he's very upset about it and he kills the gods and he wants to punish all gods okay Jane Foster has cancer, and she's going to die. Uh, So she figures out, though, that she can wield Mjolnir, and she thinks it's keeping her from dying, because while she has the hammer, she feels fine. And then you've got 
Tessa Thompson dealing with like the children of Asgard being stolen, not really taking to the role of king of Asgard because she really doesn't want to do it. She kind of wants to be reunited with the Valkyries who are all dead but her. And then you have Thor coming to grips with the fact that he's still in love with Jane Foster and she's going to die and he doesn't know it yet and then he finds it out. All of that storyline is sandwiched between horribly awkward joke dialogue. And so there's no, like, at one point when we find out that Jane Foster has cancer, uh, her friend Darcy shows up and she's like, Jane, you gotta keep this serious. She's like, it's not that serious. She's like, it's stage four cancer. And she's like, out of how many stages? It's like, that's supposed to be a joke. Like, people die of cancer in real life. Like, it is a horrible, you know what I mean? Like, if you're gonna make a, I always think of this, I think Jerry Seinfeld said it. He said, if you're gonna make a cancer joke, you better make sure it's funny. You know what I mean? Because it's just so <laughs> that, like, if you're going to joke about it, you got to guarantee yeah. that it's funny because there's people out there who are going to hear it and see it and be like, I had a family member who died from cancer. This isn't funny. And you know what I mean? And, and, and to have such a lazy joke and, and then to like sandwich all these very serious moments of mm-hmm. people, you know, like these moments where Thor finds out she's thick or thick, where Thor finds out she's thi- sick and when Korg talks to Valkyrie about the other Valkyries being dead and then like does a bit right afterwards, you're just like, I don't understand. Like, I don't know if the studio was like, you can't be serious. It needs to be undercut by like a dick joke, a fart joke, uh, you know. It's what I'm worried. Drinking. Yeah. It, oh, what if it, what if it seems like Thor has been fucking both of his weapons and now they're jealous? It's what I'm worried about with like sort of this. Um, phase four, you know, Disney Marvel is this absolute resistance to to going in to, to drifting into anything heady, which is insane considering that you know Endgame dealt with some serious stuff. I mean, people to, from the perspective of Earth, people died. Half the fucking planet died. Yes, and like people's lives were destroyed. We we get sequences of people in you know in therapy essentially, you know, trying to deal with it, and and and. It, it, it can be done. It can be done to, to, to use like it does in the comics to use the idea of this, you know, this, 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 this item can create, can give you such immense power, but you know, it can't change fate. It can't change this. It, it, it still forces you to come back down to reality. And um, it's all just escapism. There's all these, these, these threads to pull and enjoy. And I thought there was a moment. Um, oh, well, sorry. Just to, just to, just to put a period on the sentence you were making. Um, about them uh, undercutting themselves right in the middle of a sequence that could have some merit, uh, some emotional weight. I thought when Thor finds Sif dying, uh, wounded from battle, oh my I God. thought I thought that was a, a final. The movie was going to like snap Thor out of this weird sort of like because at the beginning of it, it's, it's it's literally playing this like la 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 music and he's doing like or like rock and roll and he's doing kicks and stuff. Oh yeah, we and can talk about the music in a minute. And he seems to want, he seems to be like meditating. He seems to want to like evolve as a person, but he's always dragged into these conflicts because that's who he is as a character. He's a, he's a warrior. And so I thought seeing this dead warrior would be a moment where it's something that the movie's like screeched to a halt. You know, this is, this is, this is difficult. Um, and then it's undercut by, hey, sorry, you got to die in battle. So you're actually just going to die for real. You're not going to go to Valhalla. Maybe your arm's there. Anyway, like I mean, it's obviously yeah, we, we I, see I, later I that she hasn't died, but well, but still, I thought I, too. I was just like, Jesus, man, why don't you guys just ask that actress to lay on the ground and everybody at Marvel takes a turn kicking her? 
Like, you, you wrote her out of the other Thor movies, and then you bring her back for this? This is what you give her? After you just completely, like, erased her as a character from the movies? I felt, like, so bad for the for that actress, because I was like, what a waste. This poor woman... Like, a cool character. An important, like, an important character, too, in, in like, an, the comics. An interesting and, and relevant character, yeah. In, in, in Norse mythology, you know, Thor's wife. Uh, and so, like, just to completely undercut her, I was just like, this is so wild. And then, like, just like you said, the bit to be like, she's dying, and she's, you know, and he's just like, well, that's not how it works. And it's like, this is the bit you're doing? The, this woman's surrounded by, like, the bodies of other people who have died. And you the guys are, like, doing a the, bit. The, the semantics of Valhalla entry, like it, it's not good. And what's I, I read a review somewhere, and I, obviously this is just anecdotal, but someone said that they were in, in their theater when they got to this scene, and he made a joke. Someone was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> in their theater, and I'm like, yeah, I mean, it seems like a, an emotional scene. It, it almost looks like Thor's an ass. In yeah, this. yeah. This you know woman's I mean? dying. She's like, her arm has been cut off, and she's bleeding to death essentially. And like, imagine this in like a war movie. Like somebody's arm goes off, and they're like, "I get to go to heaven." And they're like, "Sorry, that's not how heaven works." You'd be like, "What yeah. the fuck?" And it's curious too because it seems like again there are these moments like this one, which almost equipped the movie to start turning in a, like a darker direction. Like I would actually almost start be impressed turning in a direction. Yeah, well, yeah. But if the movies began with this sort of like fanciful, "Hey, it's me, Thor. I'm just having. I'm just going from adventure to adventure. Nothing means nothing. You know, I'll, I blew up a temple. Who cares? A classic Thor adventure." If that was tongue-in-cheek, right, and the movie took a turn here or took a turn when, like, Korg, quote-unquote, died, like, that would be a time when the movie could actually get dark and get, and actually approach gore with some actual, like, intensity. That would be really interesting to, to suddenly take a character that is just sort of, like, drifting from adventure to adventure because Thor is always just there showing up, killing a monster, and then drinking beer, and then suddenly we discover that, you know, gods can die, and humans are mortal, and, like, there's things to deal with. That would be so interesting. But no, that that established beginning is all you'll get from, 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 from start to end. From real yeah. to real, it's just Thor just sort of shrugging at anything that matters. Yeah, <laughs> it's it so is, exhausting. It, it's really, I don't. It was. It's just so disappointing because, like, it, it is just such a, a kind of dumb. I, I don't know. It, it was just so disappointing because even the end is really dumb. But for for a second, let's just talk real quick about two things. One. Uh, in like the La La opening, Thor's with the Guardians of the Galaxy, and he starts helping them fight these. What people. a waste! And at one point in time, waste. he does like a Jean Claude Van Damme split kick, yeah. Which would be, I guess, something if the fact that it wasn't entirely CGI, because Chris Hemsworth can't do that. You know what I mean? Like, what makes the Jean Claude Van Damme splits impressive is that he's doing them. He's a hu- you know what I mean? He's he's right. a human being doing them, and that's impressive. Cena piss poor cgi is not interesting and it it does not look like most marvel films recently the cgi there's a lot of like moments where it looks really bad where you just yeah. feel for the vfx department which was probably told like you have two months to do what should be six months worth of cgi effects and they're just like well i hope you didn't want those like black goo monsters to not look stupid because we ain't got time for that we got a cgi chris Hemsworth cocking balls in a in a split it- it gets real rubbery, and and I was I was rewatching some scenes for this podcast, and that sequence in particular was rough. Like Thor, Chris Hemsworth is frequently like 
you know how like they don't blend a character into the green screen very well so they always seem like they're just standing in front of like a tv that's playing the sequence yeah there's a lot of moments like that there's even a cut where they go to um Groot and Rocket who were like fighting over binoculars and some dumb bit and like again it looks like a it, it looks like i'm watching like a pixar movie in which groot is making us cameo you know what yeah. i mean where he's he's drawn like a different art style it just it doesn't yeah, look he does not look like a, like a character that he is and it looks like he's in like a toys movie you know what it, i mean it is it, also you realize in those scenes with the guardians of the galaxy that boy those movies are good because of james gunn not because of the cast because when they are given nothing yeah. to work with not even that cast can save a, no. a film and how frustrating is it the idea that, you know, what we got was, you know, Thor Ragnarok left Thor drifting. And then, you know, Infinity Endgame, like, brought this sort of hellscape back to him to deal with. Like, there's some good emotional exploration in Endgame uh, after he fails to, like, save the save, save the universe. And, and then at the end, we see him, like, heading off to, you know, join the Guardians of the Galaxy. And it... it it, it harks at more sort of adventures in space and, and all kinds of cosmic stuff. And, and we get like this vision of Thor at the beginning in like the, like the sort of guardians of the galaxy jacket style look. And I'm like all this sort of like people were, when, when people saw a future where Thor would be in guardians of the galaxy stuff, people were like, Oh, I cannot wait for the potential. This is it. Yeah. It's like, a Jean-Claude Van Damme split joke, which is 2009, and then Screaming yeah. Goats, which is 2010. So many of the jokes from this sh- movie felt like they took a script they had written in the early aughts, and they were just like, fuck it, just update it to touch screens. And that's it! Instead of like, so much. The Thor we see in this movie is not going to go back to being with the Guardians of the Galaxy, as far as we can tell. So what, what, whatever sort of potential energy you felt, like seeing the conclusion with him heading off into space... It, it's gone it's not there uh yeah it's just squandered we, we lost it we like squandered to this so screaming goat sequence and that was like really frustrating to me because again pick a direction because if yeah. we had like a first act of thor bumping around with guardians and then he starts discovering with the guardians and maybe there's some james gunn involvement i don't know but we're getting no. some like good writing and 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 they're discovering dead gods drifting in space or some shit and like that is our tie-in cool uh Here, interesting here's, here's the movie i think they could have made that would have been maybe more interesting he starts off with the guardians of the galaxy they start getting like distress calls from planets they arrive and they find out that the problems are is that the planets are like being destroyed or people are dying because thor realizes the gods that are supposed to be protecting the worlds and maintaining them are dead and he finds them slaughtered like he does in the comics which is like a very cool scene in the comics love that where he comes to the, like in a, the fortress and they're hanging like off meat hooks and shit yeah there's these gigantic gods like 10 you know a thousand times bigger than thor he's just like really small and they're hanging from like these meat hooks and they're all dead and like that could have been really cool so thor realizes something's going on they then realize that uh gore has managed to get to a point where he can kill all the gods in the multiverse at once. In the comics, he's he's using the god of bombs to make a bomb that when it detonates, it will only kill gods. So it's kind of a dumb idea, but why not? Let's just say he's figured out how to get to eternity, and he's going to do it. And when he arrives, you have a bunch of multiverse, like Thor meets up with multiverse gods to fight with. And you bring in Zeus or Hercules, and then you bring in uh, the mighty Thor, Jane Foster, but she's from a different universe where she's Thor. And she's not, you know, you don't have to necessarily do the sick part. 
but like have it be she's just an alternate like a alternate reality version of Thor. And I thought that and but I, I that, that they would do in the extremely in the interesting. Oh, 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 and and if we accept that that's happening, that there's this alternate universe of Thor where he's you know where she's with Thor, the Mjolnir is being wielded by Jane Foster. That could open us up to bring in like all Father Thor. You know what I mean? Like, yes, the, and that's the in the comics. Thor. That's what they do. Uh, Gore does something which eventually fucks with like uh, time space, and three versions of Thor actually meet up, and it's Thor, the All Father, which is he's the last god left alive, just fighting Gore an endless ki- siege. Gore yeah. has killed every other god and is now just punishing Thor by sending an endless wave, and he's mis- he's lost his arm and he has like it's just so frustrating. Arm. That everything we're describing is so much cooler than anything that happens in this fucking movie. Yeah, I was disappointed when they initially said they were going to do the God Butcher storyline because I was like, oh no, they're gonna they're gonna do the same thing they did in Ragnarok, which is they're gonna undercut the seriousness and the interesting parts of the story by doing a bunch of jokes. And this was actually, I, I don't maybe I'm just after the pandemic I'm more bitter. I don't know, but I was just, I was so bummed out while I was watching this because. Or maybe it's just because I loved the the comic it was based on so much more. You know what I mean? Like, I was bummed out in Thor Ragnarok that we would never get a World War Hulk co- uh, movie because I loved World War Hulk series. And so maybe that's what... But, like, watching this, I was just like, this could not be more disappointing than it is. It was just such a bummer. Uh, yeah, so I... I Really, they should just start letting us write these, you know? Just let us do the outline. <laughs> I mean, I, I know that a lot of this is so much harder than it is for two podcast dudes to describe yes. the story. I know that there's so many so much complexity. I know that, like, I, I read a lot about it actually interesting after Multiverse, how much, you know, original scripts had really interesting shit um, that just got abandoned, you know, and then they had to rewrite, and then they had to jam a character in that wasn't originally in the script. Um, and then I know there's a problem, I think, with also the hyper, hyper, hyper reliance on VFX. Like, I know, obviously, yes. we're doing superhero stuff, so we have to do a lot of VFX stuff. Um, but there's an article from Collider. Uh, well, actually, I think it's from an interview, a GQ interview with Christian Bale, who was not necessarily, like, coming down on the production that bad, but just complaining about how much it sucked. Like, how much it was, like, waking up and being told you're going to, like, stage seven where you walk into a giant green screen room and, like, someone with a clipboard says, okay, you're in the desert and your daughter died. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. everyone's just sort of describing, like, some, like, nonsensical yeah, I, thing I think, that they've uh, rewritten, like, six times. And then you have to try to find some interesting character work in there and then, like, walk away. And then, like, now you're on stage 12 doing, like, a thing where we zoom on your face and then you kind of swirl around in, like, shadows. It's like, oh, my God. Like, how exhausting is that? And And I would say that, like... Uh, you know, I, I think with the way Disney and Marvel and Star Wars and stuff is going is like, you know, like when they filmed Book of Fett and like Mandalorian, like there's no sets. They're just on screens that digitally play the the set behind them. So it's like, it's just like soft and out of focus. So it looks like they're doing it on purpose. But like most of the backgrounds in the Mandalorian aren't real. There's nothing there. They're they're on a green. They're on like a set that just has four walls that are like TV monitors. Right, right. It's really weird if you watch like the making up, and if you've ever seen the making of like Infinity Wars, it's just all those actors working together in a an aircraft carrier, like an air hangar, and they've just filled it with green screens, 
everything is because nothing's real there's some marriage and, and I've seen. Like, and it, it works sometimes. And it works in a movie like that where those guys have all built, like... Rapport. Rapport with each other. This, though, is, like... Because of the way Marvel is, like, trying to quickly produce this stuff, the CGI is bad. And bad CGI is super noticeable. You know what I mean? Like, it's very noticeable when CGI is not good. And at this day and age, when you're seeing a movie that's like, that costs $200 million, and you're like, that costs $200 million? You know what I mean? Like, you're expecting, like, it needs to be like, yeah, there's, I know there's CGI. I know Iron Man's not real. You know what I mean? They didn't build a robot suit that could fly. That's definitely CGI. But, like, you shouldn't look at it and be like, Jesus, that the, the background's fake. The floor's fake. The chairs they're sitting in are fake. That guy's cape is fake. Uh, that guy's beard's fake. You know what I mean? Like, just everything is fake. And I think it is probably really hard to make a movie like that now, especially for people who are more like, you know, Bale, if you look at a lot of his movies, it's like you said, character work, where it's real world. And he's working on a set, like in an office building, in a set that is like, you know, a studio or you know, something real where you can interact with people. And it would be hard, I think, to be that actor. I remember, you know, they said that with... Um, Lord of the Rings, Ian McKellen, like, broke down while filming it. Because he was just like, I, how do you do this? How do you film a movie where there's nobody there? <clears throat> yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I, I'm acting to nothing. There's nothing here. There's no set. There's nothing for me to touch. There's no one for me to see. I'm just acting at nothing. And I imagine it would be, you know, I mean, that would be really hard when you're used to being, like, a stage actor. Yeah, I mean, I, and, and I think, I, I know that people rip into cgi sometimes erroneously you know because even movies that you think are fantastic uh that 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 um are are, are largely practical have cgi i mean like fury road has way more cgi than you'd expect because they're building the backgrounds and yeah, yeah. i mean storms you can't blow up a car next to another vehicle that's driving <laughs> yeah, 60 yeah. miles per hour safely but a reliance a primary reliance on practical work to ground your actors in space and having them work together is I think something that is getting worse and worse as we get so far away from it in the MCU. Like so many of the characters are probably not even in the same room. Like they're probably just sort of turning to a, a producer to give them a meaningful look. While, yeah. while in the movie well, they're not, edited it next to Thor. You know, I think it's, it's, it's not just rough. Marvel movies. I, I think a lot of movies because like imagine you you have the option to either spend two million dollars building a set for your actors to walk through. Or you throw up a couple of screens and pay, you know, half a million, a million dollars to just CGI some buildings together. You're going to have to build the CGI anyways because you probably have an effect later where one of them explodes. So why build them at all? You know what I mean? And I think that's a problem just in movies in general, especially these big tent busters. And the issue isn't even the reliance on CGI. There's uh, You can go online and read it. They give them, like, no time to do this shit. And CGI yeah, is... Yeah, there's been a lot of a lot of problems that lately. It is very hard to do good CGI. It takes a lot of time. Oh, yeah. And the people doing it are artists, and they want to make a good product, and they're basically being told, I don't give a shit. It needs to be done by Thursday. And it's like, you know, you can't... Anybody who's ever tried to do something creative, it's hard to do on demand. You know what I mean? To, like, give your best when it's, like, it has to be done. Because you're like, boy, that's a crunch time. So I don't really have time to perfect it. I just got to get it done and then move on to the next shot because I got to make 15 more shots in the next two days. Yeah, I think that's really what is hurting these movies. is isn't just the CGI. It's that they just have no time to do anything. 
and sometimes you can crunch on like a passion project that you're really invested in and like you really you really genuinely want it to 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 have a good product but like these people are being thrust from like film to film and many of them are being like cut and rewritten like while you're doing vfx work for them and i mean like you just have to think like some of these people are probably working like 60 hours a day and the movie ends and they're like all right well you're the vfx studio you just got done making uh you know into the madness of the multiverse we'll start working on thor because that's got to come out in six months and it's like, but it takes a year and a half probably to do good CG. Yeah, I mean, I was reading a thing where I, I thought they said they gave the Doctor Strange movie less than six months to do the CGI. And they're like, usually a film CGI is the bulk of post-production. And they give them six to like 10 months, depending on the amount of VFX shots. And Disney is asking for more and more VFX shots and giving them less and less time each time they ask for it. And it's catching up to them because people are like really bad-mouthing you know, like, you can't read a review for a current Marvel movie where they don't say, boy, this is some really bad CGI, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's the constant refrain from fans and from critics. They're like, this is bad CGI. And we're sort of past the days where that's, like, forgivable for a blockbuster film. You know, like, yeah, we've gotten it's... CGI down pat enough that, like, when it's bad, you're like, well, they must have skimped on this. And I feel bad for the people making it because I, I'm sure they are like, this is bad. I, I hate to have our name linked to this because we could make Jurassic Park, but instead they got us making fucking Velociraptor Priest or whatever the fuck that you know <laughs> you know what I mean? Where it's right. like they're they're trying to create a cinema experience and they're being told we don't really give a fuck you know just get it done because you got another two movies coming. But yeah, I, I think this was just a a really disappointing film and i wanted it to be good because like i said after i saw our flags mean death i thought watiti maybe could have and i I don't know i'm not trying to say this is his fault because for all i know he wrote a really thoughtful movie and marvel was like it needs more jokes because we don't want to talk to kids about cancer and gods because i you know and that was the other thing when they said they were going to do the storyline i was like oh they're gonna have to gut it because otherwise like the christian right in the united states is gonna freak the fuck out that they're saying this guy can kill gods you know what i mean I was like, they're 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 already going to be in trouble because the Thor movies are always there's Christians who are mad because he's. I was like, sure, he's not real, guys. That nobody thinks he's an actual person, you know. But so I was like, they're probably gonna Disney's probably gonna play it safe and just gut the plot of the movie because they don't want to get too deep into. There's multiple gods and this guy can kill them, because they're probably afraid they're gonna get. You know, I mean, I don't know if you've noticed, but we don't live in a real a world where people are hold in their opinions and express them in a polite manner anymore so yeah it was just a real bum fest and i to to reiterate to reiterate what 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 we were saying earlier um when we started and and the bitches now is that like i i think sam raimi can do it i think taika watiti can do it i think it's just these movies feel like they're being patchworked in the back room well and what i wondered is is if phase four if disney went to him and said look you know we stream these movies now you got to make sure they're way more kid friendly so really really like tone down the serious nature of the plot because kids don't get it you know i mean they they just want a bad guy who's the bad guy they don't need a thanos moment where you're like oh i get it you know they don't want that they just want it to be bad guy bad guy defeated done make it a disney movie you know 
Like, and you know what's... You never watch Beauty and the Beast and think, Gaston's not that bad. You know what I mean? Like, you've never seen a Disney movie where, like, you... You're like, I don't know, maybe Jafar had a point that <laughs> he should be a dictator. You know what I mean? Like, they're always the most characteristically bad human beings. And I feel like that's the direction they're going in, is they're stripping away all of the interesting parts of their characters and just making them... I don't know, like zany cartoon versions of themselves. Well, I mean, just talking about phase four, you know what also is deeply confusing is that <clears throat> we've had a movie where we literally, in the title of the film, explored, in quotes, explored the multiverse. And then we had a film in which, in plot, the, 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 uh, one, of the, one of the deities of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you know... It enters into like the cosmos to, to 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 converse with the gods. We haven't got a fucking wink of Kang. Like what yeah. are we? It, what are we even doing? Like an after like think about how many times they teased Thanos. I mean, they started teasing him with the first fucking Avengers movie, I think. And, and yeah, it began as just like post credit shit, but you start then like building that into the storyline so that it becomes richer and, and and larger. How are we gonna have a Kang? moment at some point in this new you know sequence of films because i mean we're literally dancing around areas where he could be at least like a pocket mention here or there um and there's nothing you know what i mean like yeah. and i don't it, know if it this feels is... it feels like there's no plan no one on the it's steering the ship you know what i mean yeah and i don't know if this is like from the fact that like they're just not sure if you know what i mean like I, Chris Hemsworth isn't under contract. They're just paying him movie by movie. And, you know what I mean? Like, they, they got rid of Wanda because her contract was up. Doctor Strange still has a couple of movies. And I just feel like they don't know what to do because they don't know right now who's going to be around for what. Because, you know what I mean? Like, by the time Kang Dynasty comes out, maybe Chris Hemsworth will be like, I don't want to do these anymore. I'm old. Like, I'm tired of getting in shape. Yeah, I, I, and I, I suppose and I suppose I empathize with the people, you know, the the committees trying to keep like a giant franchise running. Um, you but know, it, it is wild. It, though, it, it is like hard. You said, you're, you're watching it. and You're like, you guys are supposed to be phase four doesn't feel like it's going anywhere. It just feels like it's a series of movies. You know, what I mean, like they don't even feel connected anymore at all. Like when you think about the other movies, they were all like connected by a theme, the Infinity Stones and their various versions, the Avengers these movies all just feel like here's two characters you remember they're together all right now they're not okay next movie uh here's a couple more characters you remember now they're not together either uh why aren't the rest of the adventures here don't worry about that they they quit they all quit you know what i mean like it just feels like they don't i don't know it is wild they just do not seem to have an idea of what they're doing like a, a, a plot line they're following whereas the other movies felt like almost too much they were pushing in one direction you know what i mean yeah yeah, it's just wild. Well, I guess the question comes down, unless you had anything else in your notes. No, no, I don't. Oh, real quick. Uh, can we talk about the fact that, like, uh, I feel like Taco Watiti, uh, the guys from Guns N' Roses, have pictures of him doing something? Because this entire movie is Guns N' Roses. It's bizarre. It's it. These mo- I mean, these movies, the MCU has had a good... I think I'd say a pretty good record at having good soundtracks or at least okay soundtracks. Well, and I mean, like most noticeably, the Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy, and that one, the classic rock in Guardians fits because of the character they created. An entire movie scored by Guns N' Roses just seems so weird. 
yeah, it's pretty bizarre. It, it fit it fit in the beginning when he was in his like rebellious, yeah, like but cruising like... the galaxy phase. But yeah, it's a strange it's a strange continuance to the rest of the movie. Um, but to answer the question, I mean, like, you know, it, there's a lot of difficulty here. People could say, you know, that they might actually enjoy the humor in this. I, I find that hard to believe, and I'm I'm the optimist of this pairing, um, and people might say that they you know they don't need the movies to become serious, and they might say that they don't need the movies to connect to any of the other films. They just want a good experience, um, and they and, and that this movie was you know visually very bright and 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 has a lot of large set pieces that are interesting to look at, if not VFX struggling a little bit here and there. Um, and I think I accept all of those, but despite that context, I just had a bad time. And my, my, my wife, who's sort of, is, is very invested in the MCU movies, but not as deeply interested in, like, representation of the original comics, um, also didn't like it. Like, just genuinely, like, halfway through the movie, just commented on how much it was not enjoyable. Yeah. So... These are like the audiences that you're supposed to be going after. I mean, obviously, there's more audiences. There's children. Uh, yeah, and, and but... I mean, obviously, I hate everything. As you, anybody that listens <laughs> to more than four of these episodes, I'm I'm always perpetually like, this could have been better. But I I like, if you were a fan of the God Butcher storyline, don't watch it because it's really bad. If you're a fan of the Mighty Thor storyline where Jane Foster becomes Thor, don't watch it because this is a bad version of it. If you're a fan of Thor movies, don't watch it because it's not a good. It's just not a good movie, and I wanted it to be so bad. I wanted this movie to be amazing, especially after how disappointing uh, the most recent Doctor Strange was. I was like, please let this Thor be bringing Marvel back. You know, like I love the Spider-Man movie. I thought it was really good, but it was kind of weird in a way. But it was still enjoyable. And then this, I was just like, boy, they're they're really just falling off the rails here. And it makes me worried, not worried, because I mean, it doesn't matter to me if these movies are any good, but it just makes me kind of bummed to be like, oh, this might be it. Like, the heyday of the Marvel movies is done. We got to wait 15 years till they can recast Captain America and Iron Man and Thor and redo them. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I mean, I'm, it, I'm not that extreme, but this, the, the MC, Phase 4 needs a banger. It needs a real... Un- unexpected hit you know the way like guardians came out of nowhere you know what i mean um yeah and that's the thing I-, I keep hoping is that like one of these weird movies will you know like one of the unexpected ones will be really good or that they'll do a series that'll be really good because boy that that she hawk series is not getting any better <laughs> it feels almost as if they need to like like let go of trying to over over design them and just like you know uh let let directors have a little more um yeah i i almost wonder if because it's now like a trillion dollar industry or whatever you know what i mean and, and the content has to last and be desirable to be streamed so that they can sell disney plus i almost wonder if the studio is getting too involved or giving too many mandates and that's what's making the movies bad i think that by the time like infinity wars end game civil war those movies were out i think disney was just like and marvel were like well shit the russo brothers know what they're doing just let them go like, right they, right, right. We, we don't need to be hands-on these guys they know what they're doing they've got a great writing team the actors all trust them they're making great movies we don't need to be hands-on but i think after that they were like we got to be hands-on because most of the directors from the original set of marvel movies are gone they don't they don't direct any of the movies anymore and so i wonder if they're just freaking out. i don't know it, it just 
the movies definitely feel like they're made by committee and not by the director right. anymore yeah very much so um but to, to, to finalize my my comment I still think, like, I, to, to repeat from the beginning, it's not the worst, it's not the best for a movie. And I think that if you watch it and you found plenty to enjoy, I think it's possible. So I, I definitely think if you're a Marvel, already, if you're already watching Marvel movies all the time, then obviously you've probably already seen it. And if not, it's, yeah, give it give it a shot. I would say that um, if you disagreed with my review of Thor Ragnarok, you'll probably like this movie. Yeah, yeah, it's just yeah a, that's extremely true. It's a more amped up version of Thor Ragnarok. Um, but but at the at the end of the day, if you're not if you're trying to find entry into MCU or like you're like my parents who just like watch the occasional one because they like Taika Waititi or something like that, yeah, give it a skip. Yeah, I don't I don't even think this is a good representation of him. No, as it's a not. Director. It's not. D- d- don't venture in. 